With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let it be known that this disclaimer is intended to make it clear any views and or opinions expressed on the Fox Paranormal Chat are just that. Any topics of discussion during a broadcasted show is in no way the exclusive view nor opinion of the host or any web video network staff. You're listening to the Fox Paranormal Chat on the Web Radio Network. And now, Michael and Destiny Fox. Hey everybody, welcome to Fox Paranormal Chat. We are so glad you joined in with us tonight. So it's time to park your paranormal fascination right here. Uh, We've got an awesome guest on tonight. Michael is running late because daddy lost his phone somewhere between here and the grocery store. So he's backtracking, trying to find that. And I hope he does. And and I told them... um, well, I hope you find it because it's rare somebody would turn in an iPhone. So here's hoping with my fingers crossed. Hey, we've got Kobe with us tonight, as usual. Uh, Kobe is one of our co-hosts. How are you tonight, Kobe? Doing good. How about you? I'm good. And Jessica? Hey. You doing good tonight? I am doing great. The week's almost over. Thankful, thankful. I was off today. We uh, have a mini house here on the property, and uh, me and my uh, nephew were out here, and we remodeled the whole property <laughs> in our minds. I hope we were able to actually produce what we thought of today. It's it's going to be good. Some awesome changes here on our property, uh, which is becoming our compound here lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Jessica comes and uh, spends the weekend with me. She actually sleeps in the building next door, which is a church. And it's haunted. 
yeah it for really is and the first time we stayed the night we woke up and there were little children's handprints on the windows in the fog in the steam yeah Yeah. (laughs) and and they were fresh yeah so uh, not many people can say they go to a haunted church we happen to be some of those people i don't think jessica believed me when I first told her, well, the, it's it's haunted. It's it's got a little girl ghost over there, and we don't know where she came from, who she is, or what the heck. But she's I there, pulling my leg. Yeah. Well, it's it's un well, it's kind of not unusual for a church to be haunted, because we've investigated some churches for people, and yeah, I, I guess. It doesn't matter if a spirit takes up residence somewhere, it's its home and it's not going anywhere. Uh, but we had an awesome, we've got a guest on tonight, Mother Superior Talia. Did I say that right? Yes. Oh, good, yes, good. I was talking to Jessica earlier and I said, I'm not going to say that right. And I know I'm not. I told her uh, how to say it. Yep, yeah, yes. <laughs> Um, it's good to have you on the show tonight and we're going to be exploring your life and what you do in the paranormal world here in just a few minutes. But first I want to talk about last Friday night, um, the team, um, well, it was me, Michael, Youngblood, Jessica, and Kobe. We went and spent the night at Polly Jail and I'm going to tell you something. The most activity we got was in the broad open daylight. We decided that we were not going to be be in a hurry to go home on Saturday. It was late when Jessica and Youngblood got there. So we had already investigated out. We had a guest investigator. We had Blaine Rohan uh, with us on Friday night. And it was awesome investigating with him and um, he showed me some things that he's going to be selling at uh, the Deep South Pair Comic Con. And that's going to be great. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But um, I, I know that we got some activity Friday night, but Saturday afternoon was amazing. We were up on the third floor of this jail and we're all videoing and uh, we're, we're doing EVPs and all this all stuff if you're ghost hunters you know exactly what we were doing but um so I went back and looked through the the video that I took with my cell phone and I saw a shadow and the way the jail set up the shadow was on the inside of the cell we were on the outside and so I started going back and slowing that down frame by frame and actually caught an apparition along with that shadow and that was so amazing a good catch and Blaine had I think he showed you Jessica the picture of one that he caught there looked very similar to yours very similar um it it could be the same one that he caught I mean it's that close to being the same um Jessica I think you said you had a a couple of things you were going to share with us about that well, just one of them, um, because the other one didn't save, and I don't know where my computer hit it, but it's the good one. So I went through all of my audio, and there's a there's a spirit at the jail, and his name is J.D. And so J.D. has a reputation for 
looking for one thing. It's a cigarette. So everybody goes there, tries to talk to JD and get him to share a smoke. And so during the investigation, that's exactly what I did. I'm going to play a little audio clip. Hey, JD, are you still here? Did you hear what he said? Um, what, play it again for me. Okay, one more time. Hey, JD, are you still here? So, what do you hear? I don't know, tell me, because it's hard to hear over here. I hear want a smoke. That is awesome. It the, because of the story of JD. JD was an inmate that was brought in on Christmas Eve. They didn't pat him down good enough, and somehow he got a lighter and some cigarettes in the cell with him. They believe he fell asleep with that cigarette, and JD died of smoke inhalation. Where. His mattress began uh, began to smolder because it wasn't, you know, they were flame retardant but not flame proof, so it began to smoke and smolder, and it and it filled his cell with smoke, and he he died of smoke inhalation. And so, people that go there, you can go into JD's cell and you can light a cigarette, take a drag of it, and hold it, and your cigarette will light up. And I have video of that, um, and we actually tested that with the FLIR camera while we were there. And the temperature at the end of the cigarette changed. Kobe saw it. Kobe was the one holding the cigarette, actually. It was Youngblood that saw it. Yes. That but, is uh, amazing. Pretty uh-huh. amazing catch. So, me being the person that I am, did y'all find his phone? No, fine phone. That's not good. Okay, so Michael's here with us, and they did not find the phone, so... We're sad. Is there a find my phone feature? Um, he has location turned off on the phone. So, um, but anyway, um, so like the brave Destiny Fox that I am, I go in the conjugal. Did I say that right? Visit room, and so. <laughs> So I think that's what sparked up the uh, activity was the way that the uh, EVP session went because the apparition that I caught his face, he was smiling real big. (laughs) And and then, um, and then after that, um, the spirit box was, they were calling for destiny and I'm like, Oh no. It said Destiny Fox. Yeah, it did. Yeah, First it did say Destiny night. Fox. Now, Next at one Fox. point, Fox. the night before, you were downstairs in bed, and it was me and Michael and Kobe and Youngblood on the second floor, and we were doing a session up there, and we heard something about she's in bed, and I made one of them come down and check on you. Because I was like, oh, that was creepy. <laughs> yeah, Kobe went down and checked on him. Thank it you for doing creepy. that, Kobe. It was creepy. We all heard it. 
Well, when, when we go on an investigation for an overnight, see, we do it right. We had our queen size air mattresses. <laughs> we had a little portable generator. We had fans. We, we do it right. But I almost froze to death Friday night. I kid you not. I was so cold. I slept in uh, my little leggings, my socks. I had on my, my little gowny top and my sweater. And y'all saw my sweater. It's like almost ankle length. I slept in all that. I was cold. Um, but I slept good. Um, but um, let's get to our guest tonight. I am so excited to talk to her. Let me find her bio for you. Well, I'll tell you what, just go ahead and, and tell us a little about, bit about yourself. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I am Mother Superior, uh, Mother Superior for St. Michael, or the Salmonic Order of St. Michael the Archangel. Yes, that's a mouthful. Um, <laughs> and um, I'm also a medium with spiritual discernment. I work in the demonology department of SPIR. Spur and out of South Carolina, um, over the Georgia Department of uh, Demonology. And to get to the exorcist in the Solomonic Order, you have to go through me or Ron Soaps. And we do all the assessments, and I assist and I, I help the prior general, I help the exorcist. I um, truly am the mother of the group. <laughs> at this point I just kind of take care of everybody and make sure that they've got what they needed and we just keep we just go from day to day keep ourselves you busy sound, you sound like me because I'm like the mother of our paranormal team I make sure everybody's taken care of um make sure everything's in order and I don't know how well it would go without me, to be honest with you, because everybody looks to me. Must, I'm sorry. I've got I've got the tablet here propped up with uh, Destiny's hotline cell phone, and it's going off. Um, but as as being a, a a demonologist, would you call yourself a demonologist? No, I wouldn't call myself a demonologist. Uh, I would call myself, <laughs> I work in the demonology department, but I wouldn't call myself a demonologist. Because um, I, I, I still very much learn something new every day when it comes to that. Um, and I did go through formation and I have been trained and I, I do help out a lot, but it is, I hesitate to call myself a demonologist. Other people do, but I, you know, to me, it's, it's just, it was a calling. It was where I was needed to be. It was, and I'm able to handle it. And I just, I just do what I do. <laughs> really. I don't know how to describe it. Cause I know everybody thinks that, you know, you just, you just become a demonologist and it, it's not like that. There's a whole lot of oops and learning and learning by mistakes and everything else that goes along with it. So I just, I listen to what 
the exorcists have to say, and I do uh, study a lot. Um, I take classes, not, I take classes, I'm taking some classes now. Uh, one is, uh, I'm going to another seminary, even though I just got out of formation with them. And I'm doing uh, some metaphysical classes, but that's just to excel what I already know. So I have a wider knowledge so that I can be more helpful. Right. And, you know, one thing in my studies of demonology is there's so much to it. I mean, it's more than taking a class and, okay, you completed this class. You are now a demonologist. Um, it, it's just a, a title until you've had that hands-on experience exactly you know you've got to have that and and we went through that and we had taken a demonology course and uh it was life-changing for us because um as soon as the course was over uh our team ran into a very demonic case and had it not been for my mentor uh from the course I don't think we would have got through it 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 was it was just a bad situation. Um, what even made it worse is the it followed us home and tormented us for months, tormented our team members, everyone that we took there. It 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 led to um, four exorcisms, um, and it it was very very bad. And to think that just anybody could have went in there just anybody could have took that case you know i really believe that something on the other side kind of drew them to us because i really don't think some people could have handled what we walked into and came out with a victory report like we did so you've you've assisted with exorcisms um i have not as of yet, but I do do the, all the assessments for that. Exorcisms are really quite rare. I know that it, you know, the media blows it up and movies blow it up to like it's an everyday thing, and we're out there every other day doing exorcisms and stuff like that. Possession is really rare. True possession is really rare. So we don't do a lot of them. I mean, of course, we get cases and people call in and people you know, send emails and stuff. And we do look into it and we do help. We assess the cases and everything else, but it's not a, possession is not a, uh, I don't know how to put it. First of all, if they're telling you they're possessed, they're probably not. Um, <laughs> and that's, exactly. that's what we most of the time is that if they're, they're able to tell you they're possessed, probably not because 90% of people that are possessed have no clue that they're possessed. They don't know what they've done. They don't know anything about it. They have a total blank and absence of timing. So they wouldn't know unless somebody else told them. Right. Uh, one person that we did an exor exorcism on, just like when it was gone, they were like, what happened? exactly i don't They're remember this i did what you, you know it it came to 
just about a physical attack on several people and knowing this person as well as I do I knew they were different not one time did did this person say hey I'm possessed I got to get some help but you're right that's a good point that you brought up yeah go ahead I, I really like I have a TikTok that I really talk about stuff like that on and I try to send some good vibes out there. If I see somebody hurting or something, you know, I'm going to stitch it or something and make sure that they know that they're loved and somebody loves them and God loves them and everything else. But we do really try to educate because education is important. And there is so much miseducation going on because of movies and everything else. And I mean, I go see the movies and they're great for the fact that they're a movie. Right, but as far as true life, there there's nothing there that is true life. It's not the way that these things happen, and it it's very interesting. Um, unfortunately, the other part of it that we see a lot is mental illness. You know, right. if a lot of those demonic possessions that people don't realize they're possessed go as either being you know people assuming it's untreated mental illness or like do they get diagnosed with schizophrenia because yeah. i think that yeah. happened yeah schizophrenia is a big diagnosis for that <laughs> um it's it happens to be a diagnosis that i don't personally believe in but that is me i think that it is over diagnosed and I think that it's so overdiagnosed that there are true people who are either dealing with possession, are sensitive, are intuitive, and don't know how to control it, and are what I would consider an open conduit, and that's why they're having the issues that they're having. And because nobody's taking the time with, to sit down and explain these things to them, they don't understand what's going on. And a lot of it, and I hate to say this because I do belong to a religious order, and it sounds horrible, but a lot of it is because of religion also, because a lot of religions do teach that everything that goes bump in the night is a demon. Everything is bad. And that's just not the case to it. And so if you are a sensitive, like when I was a child, I was sensitive. I've been one since I was a little kid. I was a medium. Um you know, I went several years where my gifts were kind of shut off because I had a father that, and I love him and I understand where he was coming from, but the way he was taught, it was bad. And I wasn't talking to past relatives. I was talking to demons and it took a long time. I was an adult when somebody else sat me down and said, wait a minute, that's not necessarily the truth and broke it down that in the Bible, it talks about spiritual discernment and that this is a gift of the Holy Spirit and all of that for me to go, oh, oh, okay. So I'm okay. I'm normal. And it, it, it really took a while for me to wrap my head around that this was a gift and that it was not something bad. So I, I think a lot of it is religious views upon upon it some people do look very harsh on it 
And I, and I don't know about y'all, but maybe y'all could back this up. I think a lot of people just don't believe until they have that experience. Exactly. Um, so in, in your experience, though, coming to realize that the gifts that you have are from, from God, um, people that don't understand, have you ever been attacked because of that? And I'm asking for this, this reason. It's because uh, now that some friends that I have and acquaintances, um, now all of a sudden they seem to dub me a witch. And I'm having a hard time with this. It, it hurts me that you know, I have, I, I know we've got friends that are legit witches. They're good people. We love them. Um, we don't force our religion on anybody and neither do, do people force on ours. But in the Christian world, I have been attacked and dubbed the witnessing witch. And mm -hmm. th this is hard for me. Um, actually, not too long ago, I was actually attacked and I wasn't even aware of it. And um, it was handled before I knew anything about it. And I was told after the fact. So in our order, uh, nuns are allowed to marry. And I'm getting married in September. And I have been with this man for four years and we're quite happy and I'm very in love and, you know, just doing our thing. And he was actually in a Christian group on Facebook and they were talking about post your pictures. Well, he's recently become a deacon in the order with us and he posted his picture and somebody went to his page, followed them back to my page and uh, the picture that I sent you for my face, you know, my face picture, mm -hmm. um, they followed it back to that, took my picture and a screenshot of my um, Facebook page and where it said that I was Mother Superior with the Solomonic Order and that I work for a paranormal group and everything else and blasted me in a Christian group and blasted him and you know I was unholy and I should be ashamed of myself for dressing like someone who was holy and just nightmarish stuff and he left the group he took down the post and he left and he said I just I couldn't listen or read stuff about you like that when I know who you are and um, it happens. It happens a lot. And I think a lot of it, like I said, a lot of it's rooted in how they were taught and what they believe. You know, you can read the Bible all day long and have an understanding of what's there in the black and white and red. But when you have a spiritual connection with that Bible and you let God speak to you through the Holy Spirit when you're reading it, you start to discover the stuff that he didn't necessarily explain how it happened. It just happened. Or he didn't necessarily explain all of it. And I call that flatbread faith. And that's the stuff that's in between that he never mentioned that we, as we grow in our spirit, learn. And it really helps mold who you are 
So I look at it this way. If they attack me for who I am and what I do, I say, you know, um, that's their preference and they are free to believe what they want to believe. I'll pray for them. I'm not going to get hurt anymore. I don't let it hurt me anymore because I know that that really shows a lack of understanding. And it also really tells me that their relationship with the Bible is as it's just a book, not as it is the text of God and that we need to let the Holy Spirit guide us in that text. Right, right. Um, I, I, I know the answer to this, but um, I'm sure people listening. So Mother Superior, are, are you of Catholic faith? Yes, I am. I am Catholic. That was part of their problem, too, was that I was Catholic. And uh, I, I really, I really, I'm not going to defend what I feel, because like I said, I think that uh, everybody's entitled to their own belief system. This is and true. I really don't care what kind of denominational Christian you are. I don't care what faith or walk you practice. That is not my terms to judge what you believe or how you believe. And I think that's where, as Christians, flat out just Christians, no, I'm not even mentioning any denomination, just flat Christians, we lose sight of the love of God because that's all he is. That's what we're supposed to remember about him is that he is love and that we are not supposed to judge. So if somebody else religion you feel is wrong it's not mine to judge that's their belief system he gave us free will and i have to let them have their free will i'm gonna judge for a minute i'm gonna say if your church teaches you to hate people you're not in a church you're in a cult that is a, a big problem we're having today and i and i watch like I, I, I do a lot of TikToks. I watch a lot of reels. I, I, I'm constantly, I, I, you know, YouTube. I watch ministry on there, and uh, there's a lot of these. Uh, what I'm going to claim as false prophets, because that is one of the things that is in Revelations, is that in the end of time, are uh, that the enemy will become the church. And we already have signs that we are going into the ends of time. Things are starting to happen that were mentioned in Revelation. And I have seen a lot of hate and heard a lot of uh, prophet telling. So I, that's not the right word for it, but it's a lot of, you know, give, 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 give. It's going to come back. It's going to come back. Uh, I, I can't think of the word for it. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of misquoting. And uh, a gentleman actually said it the best. Yeah, I heard it the other night, which was God is not going to rewrite the Bible to suit a whole generation. And exactly. we are really in a time where people are rewriting the Bible to suit their needs and their generation. Exactly. Um, one thing I like about 
our church. I know this is a paranormal show, but you know, we can't change who we are. Um, but, and, and this is paranormal. We're, we're Michael and I, and actually our whole team, uh, go to the same church, even with the distance that Jessica has, she comes as often as she can. Um, we are all on the same spiritual level, which is a good thing. Um, we all go into an investigation with the same mind, the the same attitude, and the same goal. Uh, we've had it before where our team was just one wanted to provoke, one wanted to do this, one wanted to do that, it, one wanted to wear a pentagram, one wanted to wear a cross. And when all this came together, Sometimes it works, but I I think sometimes it didn't work. So the way we are now is we're all on the same level and we get better results from an investigation. I know uh, none I think, of it made sense, but I try. No, actually, it makes perfect sense to me because... Um, so not everybody in Spurs the same faith, which is cool and that's fine, mm-hmm. and, you know, whatever. But there is a certain understanding that when the demonology department says, "Say, hey, 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 I need you to back off. I need you to come this way. I need you to whatever," they know that if I'm asking them to come to me because I need to bless them, that I I know what I'm doing and there's a reason why, and they don't ask questions they just do and I think that that's great because we work better as a team that way and it's really difficult at times and I've seen this with other paranormal groups when everybody can't meet in the middle and understand that hey we're not going to do provoking and we're not going to do this and we're not going to do that and you know you're free to have your own beliefs but when it comes into the middle, if stuff's going down, we have a certain way we're going to handle it. As long as everybody can understand that, you, your group is going to run better. And I mean, as far as the paranormal stuff, like I'm leaving Saturday at 4.30, 4 dark 30 in the morning from my house because I have to be in North Carolina by noon. And we're going to a case. Well, I've already spoke to the people that are going to do the case with me. We already know our game plan. We know what we're going to do when we get there. We've already, you know, we've already set all this out so that we know exactly what we're in for, what we're doing, how we're going to do it without any arguments taking place once we're there. And I do do a lot in the paranormal community. And I I don't want everybody to think that, uh, you know, I've been spouting a bunch of church stuff and that's just who I am. That, that's not going to change because that's that's where my heart is. But um, I do a lot of work in the paranormal community too. And uh, it's very hard in our community to find good paranormal groups. And I, I, I don't I don't want anybody to take that personally, but it is very hard. 
and you know I, and i don't know I've, I've heard some nightmare stories here lately and stuff like that it it's just very hard to find people who are sincere and doing this for the right reasons and i am so sorry oh it's okay usually it's off. it's my dog <laughs> my dog went off they got all kinds of upset uh-uh no no Hey, sometimes Destiny's dog comes and tries to get take her to in the middle of the show. Yeah, I if if I'm doing a uh, someone else's podcast and it's with the visual um, or on Streamyard, Addie just kind of keeps easing in and she'll keep looking up at the monitor until she sees herself on there. So she has to be seen just about on every podcast that I do. Um, but you were talking about paranormal teams you know it, it's more than a t-shirt exactly. you know uh, we've got our t-shirts too but half the time we don't wear them uh, yeah, it's more than a t-shirt or a hat or you know a logo on the side of your car it, it's more if you're not in it to help somebody because this is not, let's face it uh very few of us get rich <laughs> doing this but you are give us a lot of money out of pocket oh yes That's it's more healthy people than it is to get rich and if you're doing it to get rich i think sometimes you're getting you're losing sight of the actual goal which is to help the people but the exactly going in and and misrepresenting themselves and and being unkind of people and and not helping not they're not there to help some of them are there not to get wealthy but because they are thrill seekers and they are the worst kind because they can uh, shut yeah. themselves up I, I could agree to that i, I could agree to thrill seekers or not this is I, I i don't want one with me <laughs> let's put it that way i don't want you on a case with me if you're looking for thrill seeking go somewhere else and like wear somebody else's shirt and do something else i don't i don't want you with us i mean there's times like you know if i got the chance to go to waverly in kentucky that would be a pure investigation for my thrill well i mean that's like why we go to poly but you, that's like a that's all like on my bucket list of things to do is that's one place i want to go that that's purely a thrill investigation for me Right, but and I would it, not go. I wouldn't. I'm not going to walk into somebody's residential home or business and act that way. Let me put it that way. Right, right. Um, most of our cases are client-based cases, um, but here and there, I like to to book a venue and take the team and just okay, go at it. You know, and and very educational too to take the team out to these different places uh legitimately haunted places because um they learn more about we can take the skills that they've learned here and the things that they've seen and when we go on a client-based investigation they're like well okay remember when we were at poly jail or at waverly you know I mean, the same thing applies. You're just doing it for a different reason. Uh, yeah, exactly. And I mean, when we get a case, 
stuff. It's for the paranormal group. And we get all kinds of stuff for the paranormal group. And, you know, most of the time, it's not anything that's trying to be malicious or malevolent. It's it's really kind of like Casper the Friendly Ghost, you know. It's just kind of passing through, trying to say hello, and the people don't understand it. And that happens a lot. And I'm, I'm thankful for those cases because those are ones that I kind of get to relax on and go, cool, yay. <laughs> I don't have to work as hard. I could just sit back and watch everybody else do what they're doing and I can do what I need to do. And we can pack up at the end of that and go home and look at the evidence and, you know, sit down with the residents later and have a really nice, wonderful conversation. Exactly. I and I love those. The darker side of that, that flip side, when it falls into the demonology department, there's a lot more that goes into that case than went into the Casper case. I mean, they're still going to get the same amount of research, but then we're, we have other steps that we have to take in that well, demonology case. The energy drain that comes after it too. So yes, when so you're in Casper, you go home, you go to sleep, everything's good, you get up the next morning, you deal with one of those darker cases, it drains you. You Paranormal hangover. Oh, yeah. It is very draining. I, I will say that. Um, uh, we often laugh that because I'm a medium, my house is a beacon. It, 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 it's just a beacon for spirits. And they laugh at me all the time because I'll tell them, you know, hey, I just saw something walk by my window. Oh, gosh. And that's course, they're laughing at me. <laughs> but it's because I, I truly just saw something walk by my window. And, you know, I don't know what it is or who it is. I just know that if it's not good, it's not coming through the door because I do a lot of stuff. And that's something else I want to really touch on. And I hope y'all don't mind. But protection, protection, <laughs> protection. I preach this on a regular basis to anybody who goes out and does these darker cases. Even if you're doing the lighter cases, it's still good to have it with you. But there are certain things that I teach our clients and that I teach uh, anybody that's coming into formation for us, especially if they're going to be in the exorcist side, that we teach about protection and simple things that people can do every day that aren't expensive and they don't even realize it. And if we have the time, I'd love to go into that and share a little bit of that knowledge because I think that's the biggest thing that we Yeah, go out. ahead. We'd love to hear it. it okay. So uh, the biggest thing I tell everybody is, and I tell our clients this, because most of the time when they're dealing with the demonology issue and we're, we're, it's from the demonology department, they feel like they're alone. They don't feel like God's with them. They're having a hard time with that. Their faith is very small. I've even gotten to where I send out mustard seeds. I actually went to the grocery store and bought a can of mustard seed and I mail them a mustard seed so that they can look at it when their faith is gone and know that that's all the faith they got to have for God to move mountains. I know that sounds silly, but it does nope. work. I, and I tell them, go to Dollar Tree. You can find Christian 
stuff at Dollar Tree all the time. Just little knickknacks. And I don't care if it says hope and then, you know, a Bible verse under it or love and then a Bible verse under it. Whatever it is, buy these things, put them in your home so your eyeballs connect to it every day. When your eyeballs are connecting to that, that is your physical reminder that God is with you. We also tell them when I, when we give them holy water and holy oil and holy salt. Now the holy, the holy oil is used primarily to bless themselves and bless over the windows and doors. The holy water and the holy salt, and I asked, I do this in my home. When I mop my floors, I add a little bit of that holy salt in, a little bit of holy water, and I mop my floors with it. I add holy water to all of our clean, cleaners and to any fabric spray I buy. So like Febreze, I dump a little bit of that in there too. Why? Because every time I use it, it's leaving that residual on it. It's helping me protect my home where I don't have to go all the time and go back over it. Because once you put it in there, you forgot that it's in there, but you're still using it. And you already have belief, if you have belief in it, that it's, it's going to work anyways, you're just refreshing what you've already done on a regular basis. The other thing is cleansing baths. We tell everybody to do this. The biggest part that people don't understand in cleansing baths, one, take the blessed rock salt, throw a little bit down in it, dump you a little bit of holy water in it, get in the water, bathe, do what you need to do. The minute you get out of that water, step into the shower and rinse off because you are sitting in that gunk that you're trying to wash off of you. So if you're getting out of the bath and not doing anything else, it's still on you. It's physically still on you. So get in the shower and rinse it off. And I don't care if you're in there for like two seconds, you just spin around and get out, you know, but it's enough to rinse that gunk off so that you are actually getting the cleansing that you need. Um, I happen to wear a St. Benedict's medal. I wear it all the time. It doesn't come off. In fact, we, we uh, jokingly said that uh, it's why the spirits don't come in the house too much anymore is <laughs> because I have one on all the time. But it, it's really just because I've blocked out anything that's negative at this point. Um, St. Benedict's Medal, Blessed Rosaries, uh, St. Michael's Prayer. And there are several versions of the St. Michael's Prayer, by the way, just so everybody knows. And there's a, there's a couple of really short ones. There's a couple of really long ones. All of them work. But the, the hints behind all of this, and I don't care who you are, what religion you are, if I'm giving you these things and you don't believe in them, they will not work. You have to believe in what you are doing, and you have to have faith that God has entrusted the person who is handing that to you to give you safety and to help you find safety. So that's the biggest thing we try to teach people is that, you know, you got to have faith in everything that you're doing, because if you don't, it's not going to work. So Tali, a, a question about that and kind of off topic, but if you can, if you have to have faith for that to work, then why do you get it blessed? Because if your faith is, is what 
causes it to protect you, then does the blessing really, is it required? It, we bless it to cleanse it and bless it with good and with God. Um, because everything that we use, you can buy in a grocery store. We cleanse it because you don't know whose hands have been in, whose energy has been on it, what they were thinking when they picked it up, who got it up, package it to be sent. You don't know what all has been put on it. It's kind of like if you're an empath or a, what I call a touch tone and you walk into Walmart and you're extremely overloaded, you're not just feeling the people's energy that are there, you're feeling the energy that is residing there, the residual too. It's just like a touch tone when they touch an object and they feel what who last touched it. You go into a supermarket, you're gonna feel everybody who's touched that from the person who boxed it to the person who put it on the truck to the person who put it on the shelf to the person who may have touched the box trying to get the box that was in front of it did you see what i'm saying it's it's exactly and cleansing it so that when it is used it's already of god and your faith in god is really what makes it work it's not the gunk right bad energy gotcha right yeah that makes a lot of sense i have actually thrown away things that were left at my house by people who had bad energy oh no you are so out of here um because you know, you can feel that. It will affect you. So my ex-mother-in-law was an, a nasty human being. She just had a nasty disposition, always something negative to say. And she gave me some things that after her son and I divorced, got packed into my stuff and brought with me. And when I brought those objects into my home, the the energy in my home turned dark. I was like, that lady's nasty disposition is stuck to those. So I took them out back and I used them as target practice. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've, I've seen it used for target practice. Uh, I, I get a lot of um, haunted objects. Now people bring me a lot of haunted objects and um, I have to get rid of those. And that has become an interesting part of my life too. Um, because I don't ever disclose where I'm from or at least the city that I'm from. And I do that on purpose because I don't want people digging up my backyard um, <laughs> for a cheap, cheap thrill. But I do have a uh, haunted... That's haunted really messed up. You have a haunted what? A haunted object graveyard. Oh. And That's- that is all that is in it. And it is blessed once a month and if we have really heavy rain then it's going to be blessed even more than that and we uh we have kept that a really big secret on where it's at because i don't want thrill seekers trying to dig up my yard (laughs) 
or try to dig up where it's at because it's not just my yard. Uh, so, so if you're listening out there and you, and you really want to know, it's out there at the police academy and the training unit. You just got there. <laughs> and right, right. Exactly. The and you'll find all of Sister Talia's um, haunted objects. That's where you go. Yeah, that's exactly right. Go, go right over there. Have a good time with that. Let me know how that works out for you. Um, <laughs> a shovel, a pick, and a handcuff key. Right. <laughs> so, it, do you do crazy. you bless your uh, um, haunted objects all the same, or do you find that you have to do different things on different items? Um, most of the time. Well, okay. So I have a couple that are in my house, but they're in my house because they don't affect me or my family, but they did affect the person who had them. Um, so those I don't worry about, those, they get blessed every time I go through with Febreze, you know, they get sprayed with Febreze. So they're getting holy water on them anyways. And uh, the ones that I normally have to literally get rid of because they are affecting me and my household and they were affecting the household they came from. We, I really do try, most of it is handled the same way, which is I, I dig a hole, I put holy water down, I put salt, blessed rock salt, we put the object in, I pour holy water on it again, we put more rock salt, we bury it, I put rock salt and holy water on top of the ground, and um, we have found, not that I've digged anything up, dug anything up, and I'm not going to, but because it is grounding it as well as keeping it and where it's at, that sooner or later the activity around it stops. Because I normally get about 100 foot around them where we'll still get activity, even after I've buried them. But after they've been there for about a year, year and a half, it tends to stop. And I'm going to put that up to the holy water and the holy salt and the fact that it's grounding and it just grounds out the energy and it has nothing to feed on. We've got a haunted object. Um, if you watch the um, Hulu I did. TV show Repossessed, we, well, then we, we've got the doll and the box. How we keep that deactivated is we keep the doll separate from the box. And I think it's because all those articles were put in the box uh, for the curse, hex, whichever. I think all those were put in there and minus the main object that was used. I, I feel like that was the, the main object. Uh, taking the doll and removing her and keeping her separate from that kind of deactivates uh, some energy that it puts off because nothing happens concerning that as long as she is separate from the other articles and the box. But we put her in that box and put it all together. All oh, holy hell breaks loose around our house. Tell Does us what suitcase. I didn't hear you. Your suitcase. Tell her about your suitcase. 
Well, we took it. We took the. We can't. We can't take the box unless we're driving in a car now because since it's been dug up, uh, it's starting to deteriorate a lot. Um, even the doll's dress has begun to fall apart. Um, it, it's like air hit it and it's deteriorating fast. So we actually, last year w was the box's last trip on a plane. Um, we had all these articles packed in a, in a suitcase together, but to keep them secure, I put them in the suitcase with my clothes. Oh. Um, had the doll wrapped up in the box and I had my some of my clothes that I took on the other side. I had my toiletries uh, in the pouch of the suitcase uh, on the back side. We got to Virginia. We got to the car rental place and we rented our vehicle. And when we were putting the luggage in the back, we opened the suitcase because I had to get my phone charger out of the suitcase. Um, all the lids on every bottle that was in that suitcase had been unscrewed. Um, I had a bottle of baby oil, which I used that to take my makeup off because I, it's the only thing that, that doesn't break me out around my eyes and stuff so I use that a lot for makeup removal and uh, it was like the bottle the shampoo lid was screwed off the baby oil my conditioner I think the lid was off my deodorant uh, I had a stack of brand new shirts in that suitcase that had Fox Paranormal and had Destiny under our logo. Well, it was like the bottle of baby oil had been squeezed on each shirt individually. Uh, and it was only over my name on each shirt. Now, if pressure from the plane had caused the tops of all these things to just pop off, the baby oil, baby oil would have been everywhere in that suitcase, but it was almost like it was squirted on each shirt individually right over my name. Every one of them. She had a field that, day. I bet she did. I, I can only imagine. First of all, baby oil is hard to get out of clothes anyway. So. No, it didn't come out. I throw those away. Um, but we were coming back on a trip from Wisconsin and um, we had the doll separate. The doll's head has never turned. It, it has always looked forward. We've never tried to turn it uh, because we didn't want to break it or, you know, due to deterioration, we've, we've tried to be very careful with it. <clears throat> we had the box on one side of the suitcase and we had stuff packed down in the box to try to keep it from breaking. Uh, we had the doll laying on, on top of some clothes on the other side. We get home and the suitcase is open. The doll's head is turned facing the box. Wow. And so that was creepy. Oh, it I was bet. like, I belong over here. 
you know, I, I'm looking at my tomb. This is where I'm supposed to be. That's amazing. I, I you know, I, um, <laughs> I, I just, I happen to get them. I work in a shop too. And um, people bring them to me at my shop. They find me online and send them to me. I, I get stuff from all over the place. And um, some of it, and honestly, some of it is not haunted. And we'll tell them, you know, hey, I don't think you got anything to worry about. But at that point, they're just so ready to get rid of it. They're just like, here, take it anyways. And I've had stuff like Pyrex dishes, kitchen knives. <laughs> you know, The oddest thing, a shoe. What is that? We've got a half dollar, silver dollar. It's a $20, $20 gold piece. Oh, uh, we've got a $20 gold piece that a client wanted us to get out of their home. And we've got that, we've got dolls. I just recently gave away a pretty expensive antique bride doll that's in its own case. And all. I gave it to Kobe's daughter just last Sunday. Um, the person that gave it to me said, oh, it's extremely haunted. Well, I put it through the test. There is absolutely nothing attached to that doll. She's just a pretty little baby doll setting up in a wooden case. And so I gave that to Kobe's daughter. So Kobe, I did not give her a haunted doll. <laughs> when I gave her that doll, you know what the first thing she said, how old is she four? Four. Four. So I gave her that doll. I said, here, Maddie, you want that doll? Cause she was looking at it and she said, she smiled real big. She said, is it haunted? And I said, no. And that smile went away like she was disappointed. Oh, bless her heart. <laughs> it is it haunted? No, baby, it's not haunted. So I have, I have a lot of dolls that people had brought, have brought me. And they're like, please take this. Please take this. It does this. It does that. Um, out of all the dolls that have been given to me, only one did what they said it, it it did to them i have a majorette doll and it's from the 60s and um they said that it moves we put it to the test and one night it showed out real big and i woke up michael and i said get that doll out of here get it out now it actually darted after my cats i, I was sitting on the side of the bed and i had a laser light and I was running that all over the floor. I would run them up, up the bathroom at, at, at our house. It was master bedroom, uh, garden tub area with a vanity. And then um, it went on down past the shower and the door into the walk-in closet. And then it ended with uh, a little room that had the commode in it. And so I would take that light and I would run it up and watch the cats just slide on the floor or on the rugs and bring it back up. I'm doing that one night and I think the doll had had enough. That doll sprang from the side of the room and lunged toward those cats. And I'm like, okay, it's time for you to go. But she's up in my closet now, but. But yeah. she is the only one that that's really proven that hey, there's something attached to that doll. 
I have a friend that's got a doll that every time she gives it away, it finds its way back to her. She's given it away three or four times. And the people that take it all, always bring it back and say they don't want it. She can have it back. And so she put it on a shelf in her bedroom and it started causing things to fly across the room. So now she has it locked in a wooden box. Uh, I have two dolls right now in my home. Uh, one of them just doesn't like guys. Um, the backstory on it was that it watched a, a domestic dispute go on and it just doesn't like guys, which is funny because I live in a house full of men, but it doesn't mess with them. I, it's sitting on my dresser and it doesn't mess with any of them. The other one is an umbrella doll. I don't know if you know what that is. And um, it belonged to somebody I knew and she had been in domestic violence and she, it was what she called a guilt gift. And I don't know if y'all are aware of that because that's something else I do. That's a ministry I run too. I also help people get out of domestic violence. And um, it was a guilt gift and it had been put away. And when we found it, I was helping her go through some stuff. And when we found it, it was pretty messed up. And I took the doll to a mutual friend of ours and the umbrella part was destroyed. And she stripped her down and redid her makeup and her hair and everything like that. And I have her here in the house. She really likes me apparently, um, but she does move from time to time. And the one on my dresser only aggravates the dogs if they get near the dresser. If they leave the dresser alone, she doesn't bother her soul. But uh, the one in the corner, when I brought her home, when we moved into our house and I brought her in and sat her in the corner on her little stand that my friend had made her, uh, the dogs went ballistic for like a week. And every time they'd walk in the room and get near that corner, they would just bark and bark and bark and bark and bark. And finally, I was just like, look, this is enough. It's either you quit aggravating them or you're going in the ground with everybody else. And it stopped because I was just, I couldn't take it anymore. Because, I mean, in the middle of the night, they were going stupid. And I was like, there's nobody here. There's nobody knocking. There's nobody walking through. Stop it. And it's, it, it's ceased. But she does move from time to time. I do find her cattywampus in her little stand. Because she doesn't have any legs. So it, it's, it's interesting. Those are the only two that are in my house, though. The rest of everything has pretty much been disposed of. And has kept wheels really, really safe. And we do that on purpose. But I want, before we go, um, if I can just mention that our website for the order is www.sosmausa.com. And um, you can go through that or you can go through uh, SPIR, Fur out of South Carolina to get help if you need it. Um, we are available night and day. If you need pastoral counseling, we do that. Um, every one of us has our own private missions that we do. My mission is um, helping domestic violence victims and showing them that you know they can do what I did because my first marriage was domestic violence and I did get out and I got out with my children. 
and two dogs. And I went from that to where I am today. And I survived. And I want everybody to know that you can survive. And if you need to get out, contact somebody. There, there are organizations out there. And we just, we, we really try to spread the word of God and show love. And we're not going to judge anybody who comes to us no matter what they've done and you know we just want to show the world some love and give back to our communities and all of us do that in a different way awesome i i guess when when you sent me your bio the thing i was most impressed with with is the fact that you're helping with victims of domestic violence and and that's live- something in our society that that goes overlooked a lot of times. I lived it for 20 years. Um, I was in my first marriage, <clears throat> which I'm very open about and I talk about with everybody <clears throat> and which I'm very candid about because I want people to know that you can get out and you can survive and you can start over. And it doesn't matter if you got money And it doesn't matter if he has all the money or she has all the money because, believe it or not, men do get in domestic violence, too, where they are the victim. They're not always the perpetrator. Sometimes they are the victim. And um, I lived it for 20 years. Um, Ultimately, I left. And a year later, um, while I was we weren't even legally separated. Um, I had been working on that because I left with nothing. He had all the money. I did not. Um, he committed suicide. And uh, my children lost their father because of it. But he was a troubled man. Um, and I hope that he found some peace on the other side because he was really, really troubled in life. And I hope that, you know, his soul is at rest now. He wasn't always a bad person because we did spend 20 years. And uh, that's the other thing that most people don't realize is we grieved really hard. My children and I really grieved really hard over him. And the reason we did was because it wasn't always bad. It was not always bad. It got that way, but it wasn't always that way. And, um, you know, I left with three kids and two dogs and a handful of stuff clothes on our back and ended up with just about every thing that had been handed down to me from generations on my mom and dad's side of the family because I was allowed to go get that stuff and we restarted and we rebuilt and so I walk them through how to get a TPO how to stay safe um I if I have the money, and now all of this comes out of my pocket, this doesn't come out of anywhere else. If I have the funds, I'll help them get into a hotel room. Uh, occasionally, I will post on Facebook that I need some donations for food. Somebody, and it's normally somebody that's gotten out of domestic violence and they're staying in a hotel. And I'll make sure they've got something to eat and some clothes on their back and, you know, they're okay and it's it's it really means a lot to me it's helped me know what I went through and 
it's been real good counseling for me too. And I know people think that's weird, but it has been really good counseling for me because now I'm getting to use my experience. And I think, and ultimately, I think that's why I went through it was so that I would use my experience other people and say hey look this can be done and that's exactly why you went through it because you were supposed to help others i truly believe that's why all of us have gone through the things we've been through is because it helps us develop a perspective that we can use to to help others that are going through that same situation it, it does it did help a lot and i know a lot of people don't don't get that and um I've caught some slack for it because somebody was like, well, that's very woman oriented. And I was like, not as much as you think. There are men out there that go through the same thing. It's just not talked about as much as women. Well, I mean, what man wants to admit that his old lady beat him up? You know what I mean? Right, right. It, it happens. We, it, we, doesn't feel with, it doesn't fit with society's definition of macho. No, it doesn't. But it happens. And um, they have a right to live peaceful, glorious lives. I mean, that year after we left him was scary. I mean, we we moved several times. My hair is still shot to this day from haircuts and hair dye, from having to change up how I looked. Uh, it, it it was very hard. And he was going to stop at nothing. And uh, even with a TPO, and I, I tell everybody that too, even with a TPO, sometimes the, a TPO is just a piece of paper. And you really have to take care of yourself. And that, that just gives you legal standing if they come to hurt you. And it, it's, it's hard. It's hard. But hey, Anybody that's listening to me out there who is in domestic violence or has been in domestic violence, you can get out. You can find help. And I'm going to tell you right now, all of you, Salvation Army, ask for a victim advocate. They will get you to a shelter. They will get you a TPO. If you cannot afford one, they will get you an attorney furnished by the state that you live in for free. And they will get you the help that you need. In Georgia, there are also a lot of local agencies that, that help with that. I'm going to send you some connections, Talia. Thank you. I would appreciate that. Because I, I do have... go through the Salvation Army a lot. But I will tell you that the state of Georgia is overrun right now because they have fired a lot of the women who were doing the victim advocate stuff and they've got now they have instead of doing one or two counties now these women are doing five or six counties singly handed by themselves and so are the attorneys that handle it and it, it has stretched them very thin so there are other organizations out there i know a couple of them that i use from time to time that i send people to um i'm not gonna say names but they do help and they make sure that everything goes good so and i'd appreciate that list because i would love to have some more places to be able to reach out to and say hey <laughs> can you help this lady out 
because I don't always have the funding. And that's the one thing that people have to know is it does come out of my pocket. I, I don't I don't charge them anything. And if they need something and I can do it, I do it. Whether it be groceries or clothing or diapers or formula, you know, we it's that's all me. That's all me. That's not anybody else. Um, unless I can get them in with an organization that has better funding than I do. And I try to do that as much as possible. Well, thank that you for doing awesome. that. Yes, thank you for all the work that you do with that. Um, we're going over a little bit tonight. Um, Stan had to step away. Okay, so he just sent me a message. Let me know when you're ready. Well, I'm going to tell you guys, it, it, this has been amazing. This is one of the best podcasts we've done. Uh, it's always good to have guests. Uh, thank you for being our guest tonight. Oh, I loved it. Anytime. I enjoy it. Jessica, as always, thank you, honey. Thank you for having me. Kobe. Good to be here. I was wondering if you had fell asleep. We were hearing a strange noise. <laughs> no, it wasn't me. I was muted. I heard it too. It sounded like it was, somebody breathing. It was me, y'all. I was about to have an asthma attack. I had to hit the inhaler. My bad. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know. I I sent Jessica a message. I said, I think Kobe fell asleep. <laughs> now I was kind of struggling for my inhaler for a minute. The allergies are kicking my hind end right now. Oh, my goodness. Um, it... It's been a, a great show tonight. Um, if you haven't watched the, the series season one of Repossessed on Hulu, you guys, please go watch this. It's an awesome show. It's different from your ordinary paranormal show. Be sure you watch episode two. And you can see the haunted box that we have and the doll and the contents and see how uh, the team Repossessed actually handled this for us it, it was amazing uh it'll soon be airing on the history channel we're excited about that kobe if people want to find us where can they go to look us up at kobe <laughs> he fell asleep no i'm here okay where can people find us at find us on tiktok michael and destiny fox you can find us at the paranormal at the fox paranormal um, we also have Fox Advertising, where you can advertise your uh, paranormal stuff, your teams, your groups, investigations that you do, things like that. And I've got a little group. Uh, it's called Paranormal Fox. So um, I haven't been working that a lot, but I like to post some little funny memes there. Uh, I've, I've done polls before, so be sure you check out the Paranormal Fox. And they can catch up with us at any of the Paracons we're going to be attending this year. Right. Uh, we're going to be on a podcast June the 15th. I'll be posting information about that. Also, um, June the 10th and the 11th, uh, Fox Paranormal will be in Virginia at the Strasburg Paravation Paracon. And if you live in that area, please buy a ticket. Please come by and see us. We may, I think we're taking the doll with us. 
Yeah. So you'll be able to see the doll. Then in August, Deep South Paracon. See, I did it again. Paracon. Paracomicon. So y'all come by that. That is going to be amazing. I forget the dates to that. Stan, tell us about uh, Deep South. Yo, Stan. Oh, he said they can't hear him. So, but we'll post we'll post that on our page, and um, you guys, please, if you live in Alabama or close to it, come on out and see us. Uh, September we're scheduled to be at Sleepy Hollow Paracon, and October we'll be in Connecticut. Oh yes, the Warrens. Yes, I am so excited about that. Fox Paranormal will be there. And oh, I want to see Annabelle. Yeah. Yes, I do. Um, well, you guys, it's been good. And we're gonna sign off now till next Thursday night. Same time, same place. Peace and love. Peace and love. Peace and love.